Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Rob Center is our fabulous producer. <laughs> All right. We did bring in a conservative to argue about the foolish viewpoints of the world. He's directly across from me. He's over there. Joe, on the mark, is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please do as I've done. Research this company. Find out all about the prices around here. Guess what? Save yourself a buck with our honest to Pete, Mr. Volume Dealership, the Sunbury Motor Company, whether it's a Hyundai, a Kia, uh, or a Ford, they would help you out, whether it's a Ford F-150 or an Escape or an Excursion or Explorer. Of course, we got uh, slow ordering times for a lot of the vehicles these days because of the superconductor chips, but a new survey out over the weekend said Ford is doing the fastest production with its vehicles, uh, followed close behind by Hyundai, which is, uh, of course, one of their other nameplates. So good to know if you do need to order a vehicle. Now, they still have uh, at least a half a dozen F-150s on display at the dealership, but uh, you could, a lot of folks, uh, including me, have been placing orders online and waiting for them to come in. The superconductor shortage is uh, tightening up that line. But yes, Sunbury Motor Company, sunburymotors.com. Do as I've done on many occasions. (laughs) Order brand new vehicles. They come onto the lot and they have such wonderful accoutrementes that uh, they're perfectly willing to sell them to another individual. And that could be you. Maybe you're driving around in a vehicle that Mark Lawrence ordered uh, just a few short weeks ago. So uh, yeah, check it out, sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. Are you going to get near the microphone here. Not till I get a better intro. Oh, okay, hold on a minute. All right, email us at on the mark. If you can think of a good intro for Joe, email us at on the mark at WKOK.com or read it on the air. You can text us at 70236 or you can call us. What's a good introduction for Joe? What accurately describes the... Well, my last name would certainly help. The enigma that is uh, a man who didn't like President Trump but supported him, a man who is a Republican but always uh, listens uh, with with uh, one ear cocked when a good Democrat or liberal or libertarian viewpoints being presented, or uh, his favorite name is Papa. <laughs> that comes from his kids. He's a Pennsylvania Association of Broadcasters legacy broadcaster. That means he's uh, at least 70-some years old, probably closer to 80. And Hall of Fame broadcaster is the actual title. He's in charge of volcanic response, right, with Pima. That's right. Okay, and uh, let's see. That's a pretty good Joe McGrath. That's better. Okay. Except I have nothing to do with volcanoes, but thank you. Any tsunamis? <laughs> That's what you used to say. I was chairman of the uh, communication, Emergency Communications Committee. All right. I retired from that several years back. <laughs> okay. Well, it's no I, longer necessary to drag that up. So we have some misinformation in the media, apparently. Uh, you can text us at 70236 with appropriate introductions for Joe. <laughs> Somebody's going to send. I, yeah, I can hardly wait to see those. <laughs> Joe's a dirty ride. Well, anyway, Joe's not uh, a My scoundrel. favorite was the guy who called 
called him one day and said, is Joe really an idiot or does he just play one on the radio? <laughs> a jerk. I'm sorry. Is Joe a jerk or does he just play one on the radio? And that's funny. You got it one time, but I get it all the time. <laughs> Are you really that liberal, Mark? What's wrong with you? <laughs> all right. Yeah. I just, well, there's obviously something wrong with you, but we won't get into that today. I play a liberal on the radio. I, that's how I always... I was invited once to be on a panel of Republicans and, and uh, Democrats and said, well, I'm not really that liberal. I just play one on the radio. And guess what? They disinvited me. I don't blame them. <laughs> if you're not sincere, I, I don't know. I guess they want sincere political viewpoints. I don't know. You're sincere, all right. Some days, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, email us at onthemarketwkok.com. Text us at 70236. Call us, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We have a discussion that's underway in the U.S. I thought this was uh, kind of going to go away last week. Uh, the Republican U.S. Senator Tim Scott indicated that the U.S. is not a racist country. And I, there was some discussion about that. But since then, both Kamala Harris and President Biden have said he's right. What do You, you had a commentary about. I did. This this is a fascinating story. It says, well, this is confusing. After a year of slamming the United States as systemically racist, President Biden now says, I don't think the American people are racist. Come again? How can the country be racist if its people are not? A country is not defined by skyscrapers or cattle ranches or foundries. It is not defined by spacious skies or amber plains or even its system of government. A nation is defined by its citizens. Its people determine whether a country is optimistic, educated, hardworking, fair-minded, and whether or not it is racist. Surely a country cannot be racist if its people twice elected a black president or if black policies demanding equality or if they back policies, rather, demanding equality. We have laws banning discrimination. We have jury trials that convict white cops who kill black men. We have schools, religious institutions, neighborhoods, and political parties that are open to all. One indication that the U.S. is not racist is this. Even though whites constitute 60% of all Americans and presumably control many of the levers of power, they are not the most prosperous group, as measured by median household income. Indeed, it is Indian Americans who are by far the highest incomes in the U.S. at more than $119,000, followed by Taiwanese Americans, Filipino Americans, and Chinese Americans. White Americans are only the ninth most prosperous group, with median income shy of $66,000, according to the Census Bureau. So there you are. If we're a racist country, we're doing, <laughs> a, ter- we're doing a terrible job at it. Oops. We're doing a terrible job. Well, we need to pick it up. So when... Senator Scott, well, first of all, okay, so we're not a racist country. What what kind of a country are we? Are we all those attributes that were listed in your good opinion there? Listen, it's as I have said until I was turning blue in the face, it's a people problem. Some people are racist. Right. The country isn't racist. We don't have systemic racism in this country. We're not... We don't have systems put in place designed to keep the black man or <laughs> anyone else down anymore. anymore. We did it one time. No right. argument. We did it one right. time. Well, President Biden... And they were in the South. You're going to be shocked to hear that President Biden said something actually insightful over the weekend in that interview oh, yeah? What with say? NBC. Was, was that the, the elements of racism...
businesses in the, remain in the U.S. are because of our legacy. They're holdovers, and they're only in the hearts of individuals who are the deciders or the, you know, the police officers or whomever it is in the U.S. that is still racist. So if, if we were to concede, and I have no trouble doing this, saying that the U.S. isn't a racist country as a whole, but there are individuals who are racist. That's been my point all along. Right. So, well, then you've been right all along that the, it, this it's still affecting people. And it's interesting because in the interview that uh, Tim Scott did, was it on Fox Sport, Fox Sunday morning program over the weekend? Well, he I did one of the in, he, he did one of the shows, and he said, in fact, uh, it, the country's not racist, but he has been racially profiled and stopped for driving while I'm black sure. on several occasions by bad people or by people who are not doing what they're supposed to do or what the what the laws of this country demand that they do. We're never going to stop bad people. Someone said, and I saw this over the weekend, was a meme. It says, you, you'll never pass a law to ban evil because evil doesn't obey laws. And that's so very true. You know, it's it's all in the heart of the person. You, you're a wonderful person. You like everybody. I've never known you to be mistreat anybody in your, that I've ever seen in all the years I've known you. Uh, so you're not going to be part of the problem. But some Somebody else who maybe just says, well, there's a black man. I don't like him. I'm gonna. I'm not going to give him a break. I'm not going to cut him any slack. I'll stop his car while he's driving down the road and give him a ticket he doesn't deserve. I mean, that's not a systemic problem. That's a person problem. Well, and I think while we have this discussion, while we're admired in this discussion, I'm going to say, are we helping anything? Are we serving anything? Are we benefiting? Are we progressing? You know, this is a great discussion to have, and it really is vibrant. Uh, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I thought this was uh, done last uh, or over the weekend, and so when the t- we have one call waiting and one coming in, uh, w- I thought it was over, so I erased the Tim Scott cut that we had where he said, you know, America's not racist. We could have used that as part of this discussion right now. But in any event, and then it came up on every single one of the Sunday programs right. over the weekend where different people, you know, had their view. All right, what's your view, folks? We need both a good title for Joe McGranahan and... No, you don't need me. We don't need that. Okay. But seriously, when you look at this whole situation, uh, I was appalled. I saw an MSNBC host this morning who called, who, who made fun of Tim Scott about his, uh, from plantation well, to Uncle, property owner. Uncle Tim Hashmark was banned by... Well, that. But some woman said he's become a clown. This is a black woman. I'm now on MSNBC. You know, the blacks just are treated terribly. Black conservatives are treated terribly by black liberals. I mean, it's almost like, well, you don't have any right to your opinion. You don't have any right to think differently than I do. What's wrong with you? But that's, see, that's just symptomatic of our abyss that we're in. That's racism, Mark. <laughs> that is genuine racism. And we're not oh, trying God, to address that. To yeah, Joe's suddenly informed on this topic. Okay. What Am about, I wrong? What about conservatives who, who say that anybody who's uh, liberal is, uh, you know, a pinko commie? Uh, Marktopian. I'm not talking about groups. I'm talking about an in- individual. This was a black, and, right. and let's face it, whether well, you maybe like she, it or not. This was a female commentator. Well, maybe she's she's one of the racists that remains in the U.S. All right, we got callers ready to go. Tom, you're on the mark. Thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, I don't think as a whole the United States is racist, but uh, there's a lot of people in the Republican Party that have a problem with it. <laughs> Now yeah. you got, and they emphasize this quite a bit, Tim Scott, the only black member of the Senate, of the Republican Senate, and 
and you look at the House, and it ain't much different. I mean, they have the Republican Party has very few, very few uh, minority members. You could almost name very them. Very few. Right. So you mean pictures don't lie. Well, they, they picked were... the people that they wanted to run. They elected them. So I mean, right there is a good example of the Republican Party. Yes, and really, when you stop to think about it, racism was really taught to the Republicans, if it exists, by the Democrats, who had wonderful racist policies, poll taxes, uh, citizenship tests of all kinds to keep so black people you, from so voting. you're going to switch it over and make it that, or turn it into the Democrats now. <laughs> well, you're <laughs> turning it into the Republicans. Up. The Democrats invented it, not the Republicans. <laughs> Well, they made okay. They invented it, but now the Republicans have it, and the Democrats don't. So how many Democrat? How many Democratic senators are there? 50. How many Democratic senators are there? I'm sorry. How many Black Democratic senators well, are there? I don't. I don't know. There's. I don't know. There's more than one. Two. Okay. No, there's so actually the a, two men. I mean, there's Warnock. Warnock was just elected, and you know, and the, if if you count, um, well, well what, Kamala's what out of the there. House? Look at the House. Look at the House. All the different varieties of people they have in the House compared sure. to the Republicans. And do you, you know, the last time in the last race, the Republicans fielded more minority candidates than the Democrats percentage-wise. Tom, Tom, let me ask you a question as as we move on to another caller. Let's suppose we resolve this discussion and we finally get to the bottom of defining who we are as a country and, and determine that racist isn't part of it, but that there's individuals are racist. What's our way back here? We're, we're deeply divided in this abyss. What's what's the solution? Going forward, how could we be better off for the discussion we're having right now? I have no idea. All I'm right. surprised you didn't say shoot the Republicans. <laughs> well, he, he knows that's not going to happen. I mean, I, I mean doable I, I solutions. I have one other thing I want to bring up. Sure, yeah. go right ahead. Well, these people like Carl, Carl from Mifflinburgs, all the time bringing this up about the, about you can get all this unemployment, you know, why would he can't get workers and all this stuff. I would suggest that Carl go on the Pennsylvania UC website. I found it very easily. It's, it took me like a minute. It explains what the, what the requirements are if you don't, if, you know, to not, to get unemployment. And you just don't say, I'm I'm afraid I'm going to get uh, COVID. It, it, you just don't do that. It right. isn't very long to read. It tells you it tells you what the requirements are. And 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 it, he he's bringing up a bunch of stuff that just isn't true. You have to, you just can't say, oh, I am I'm afraid I'm going to get COVID, and then and you give you unemployment. It doesn't work that way. No, you're you're right. It doesn't work that way. But the problem is that once you qualify, it's now more profitable for people to stay home than it is to go to work. And I told and I said about that, and and you are not allowed, you are not allowed to say I'm not going to go back to work because your employer has the right to turn you in and deny you unemployment. Yeah, you have to be able to accept work, but I don't. Th- isn't there some kind of a uh, carve out th- during the pandemic that kind of no? There's no, no? carve out. Okay. I mean, if you go on the website and look at it, it, there's a question there, and the frequently asked questions it says, "Can I refuse unemployment if I'm afraid of COVID or something like that?" And the first word is no, and then it, it gives all kinds of reasons, and you have to if you if you're going to claim that you have a problem. 
say your immune system is weaker. You're going to have to get a doctor's excuse and stuff, but you're going to have to prove it. Okay. You just All right. can't say it. Thank no, you, Tom. You're, you're right, Tom. Thank you. That's yeah, a thanks good point. for calling in. Yeah, we'll, we'll have some more words about that on Friday. Uh, Bob Garrett of the Great Assessment of Valley Chamber of Commerce is going to be on board, and uh, he's going to have uh, expert opinion on that. All right, we've got another caller waiting and another one coming in, so we'll take a quickie break. Uh, Mike, you're going to be on the mark in about four minutes from right now. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Uh, Mike, you are on the Mark. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for waiting. Go right ahead. You're welcome. Good morning. I just want to preface my comments by saying that I really don't like the Republicans or the Democrats that much, but that's mostly because of defense budgets and endless wars and and the regime change nonsense that's been going on for decades. But, But, you know, in my mind, there is systemic racism and I don't think you'd have to dig too deep because I, I kind of see it in employment uh, the placement of highways lack of good housing um, no supermarkets in neighborhoods uh, not adequate health care and I think that all leads basically to a lending practices and you know I think generally the the um, black community has a hard time accumulating assets you know, that's how I see it, but, um, you know, you guys can tell me what you think. Well, I think you're 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 on the mark, so to speak, because that's that those are all the legacy indicators that we have that racism still exists in the in oh. the U.S. and it may not be it's not necessarily baked into the system, but when blacks go to utilize the systems, it pops back up. You know, we're not a racist country, but and we don't have racist police policies. But yet, Tim Scott says he gets stopped for driving while black. Oh, but or, let's go back to the other contention that uh, there are no supermarkets. Those are business decisions that companies make based on profitability, how likely they are to be able to, to survive in that community. And let's face it, uh, if something goes wrong in that community, what are the first things that are looted and burned? You, the, I'm seriously, the, serious. Uh, you can laugh at that, but name me one instance where that hasn't happened. I think a lot of people have to consider the fact that they are at a certain risk in certain neighborhoods. And those are not necessarily, they may be decisions based on race, but they aren't necessarily racist decisions. They're based uh, based on business. But, you know, the other things you mentioned um, with housing and things like that, there are laws on the books, and it's somebody's administering those laws unfairly. They need to be reported, and they need to be rooted out. Mike. Yeah, but they aren't. Basically, you know, my contention is, you know, a human is a human. Right. <laughs> so it's hard to enforce, you know, you can't, what do they say, you can't legislate morality and ethics. 
I mean, if you have good people, yeah, they'll right. get called out. But I see a lot of stuff slipping through the system. I think it's gotten better because the African-American community has fought really hard. That's why they're better off in Congress now. But I still, I still think it's baked into the system, and I think we have a few generations to go yet. What do we need to do to work on it? I mean, I agree with you. I think it's a people problem. I think I sense that you and I tend to agree on that. It's it, it's people running systems who are racist that create the problem. It's not the average human being. I mean, I see examples every day of people in this area getting along, working together, talking to one another, being friendly to one another. One of our good listeners says, on the mark is part of the solution. Keep talking, talking, talking. How about that? Yeah. I think that's a compliment. I think... I think I think that's part of the solution. I, I, I don't know. I really don't know the solution. I mean, everyone has to try really hard to be the best person they right. can be. You don't have that doesn't have to come from a religious perspective. Just a basic good person knows the difference between right and wrong. And I, as I said, I think more and more parents are teaching that to their children. I just think it's going to take you know a couple more generations before. We, uh, you know, level this out, and that's barring any crazy, crazy, you know, things that could happen that would create worse conditions with racism. Well, I think we have those right now. The New York Times and this critical race theory that's going around that America was a racist country. It was founded based on racism. Yes, they had lofty words, our founders did, but their practices were pretty crappy with respect to how they treated their fellow human beings. (laughs) But now we've come full circle. We've, We've said these basic rights, these guarantees that our founding fathers never intended to be had by everyone, now we say they are intended to be had by everyone, and we've enacted laws to make sure that that happens. Now we just need to follow those laws. I agree. <laughs> and that's when it comes down to the, you know, the people administering the laws. All right. Thank you, Mike. Something they got to call it out. Yep, All right. Thank you, you so Mike. much. Thanks Th- a lot. Thanks welcome. for calling in. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Stan, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Tom made a mention about the unemployment and what the laws are as far as the unemployment system. When they brought COVID in, the whole COVID unemployment thing, they threw a lot of the rules out the window. The, I mean, in the past, if you were laid off, you were supposed to be, especially if you were permanently laid off, you were supposed to be going looking for a job and reporting that to the unemployment system that you're looking for a job and such. But that was thrown out the window. And as far as people going back to work, if an employer, before when this all took place, laid them off as they say, permanently, that means the employer's under no obligation to bring them back to work. They may want them to go back to work, but the employee also is under no obligation to go back to that company because they were permanently laid off. Now, when I got laid off back in March last year, I was temporary. They told us we would be recalled back as soon as you know we were allowed to open back up. So I went back to work when we opened back up. But I didn't. I did not go looking for work in between because that requirement was thrown out the window. And I do believe for the COVID unemployment, which you know, I think everybody's signing up for that. The way it's under unemployment now, that's not a requirement as it used to be. Well, that's what I asked Tom. I thought I thought there were some carve-outs there, but he says there aren't. You're saying there are. Well, for the COVID part now, on standard unemployment, which at this point, I don't know what's standard and what's not unemployment. You know, if a company goes out of business, that would be a standard unemployment, in my opinion, unless they can make a case for it that COVID shut them down because all the business went out the window 
when they were shut down for six months or whatever they were shut down. Mm-hmm. That's where the, the the fuzzy lines cross over there. And, you know, the unemployment uh, division has to make those determinations. And the companies have to fight it because they're the ones ultimately paying into the system. And I know if I, you know, do something up at work and get fired, I can't go sign up for unemployment because I was let go. And that's the way. Now, there have been people that try, but the company always fights it. I was going to say, actually, you can sign up, but the company has to fight it then and claim that they right. discharged you for cause. Right. And so. that's generally what they do up there where I'm at. They don't <laughs> always, but it depends on, you know, what the circumstances were. But for the most part, yeah, they, they get fired. They, in, in, they your case, in, in your case... <laughs> They'd come up with a reason, right? We got to get rid of. Him. Oh, I could hope so. I'm ready for some time off. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get some stuff done around <laughs> the house. Not necessarily. <laughs> not that kind of time off, though. I got stuff to do. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got a lot to do. I think he's busy even when he's not working. All right, Stan. Thank you so much. We have we, one, one more word. One oh, more word. Mark. Please go right, right ahead. Go ahead. Systemic racism. Oh, okay. here we go. If the system, if the system is racist, what? Who controls most of the systems in the country? All right? We have the entertainment system. We have the education system. Jews? We have... What else do we... Oh, no. No, no, The no, Bar no. Association, yeah, clearly. Yeah, you're saying? You're not, now you're talking anti-semitism there, Mark. That's, Joe, that's, Joe no, says no. the Bar Association is causing these problems. No, no, no. The Bar Association isn't causing a problem. There's one political party and one left-leaning... You know, organ- you know, let the people that lean left control most right. of these organizations. Right. right? So the Republicans so are holding racism, on. Oh no, there's <laughs> racists in the Republican Party, just like there's racists in the Democrat Party. But systemically, whoever controls those systems, if there's racism and they're controlling it, that's where the you know you have point the fingers. All right. Just saying. Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you, sir. Yeah, Democrats are fighting the Republicans tooth and nail to get rid of it once and for all. This is WKOK Sunbury. Nine. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joseph McGranahan, legacy broadcaster, award winner over and I over. I don't use Joseph. It's just S- Joe. Just Joe. Okay, super. Well, I'll tell you what. He's never happy. I think this is further proof. I will also respond to Jose or Pepe. <laughs> Pepe? <laughs> right. That's Joe in Spanish. Is it? And what's Papa? Uh, Papa. Pepe or Papa? <laughs> Either way. Pepe that's or better Papa. better than poo-poo. But, but, well, that's another topic. And Joe has been called that, so that's uh, that comes from uh, past occurrences. All right, so that's Joe McGranahan. I'm Mark Lawrence, subpar host of the show. We would invite you to call in today. We are enjoying open phones. Talked about racism and joblessness on the first part of the show, specifically as it relates to uh, Tim Scott, the U.S. Senator's remarks uh, that uh, we are not a racist country, and uh, 
Kamala Harris and President Biden have both agreed with him, saying it's just individuals who are racist. And uh, when it comes uh, to unemployment, we're talking about whether or not you're really permitted to uh, not search for a job and, in fact, say that maybe uh, COVID at a workplace is the reason you won't go back to work. As soon as we open up the phones, we'd love to hear from you. 1-800-795-9565. We do have some brief news headlines. We have got uh, 25-minute delays on Route 147 uh, north of Northumberland on Route 147 south, and it's because of the bridge work at the CSVT site, the paving of Ridge Road at that location. So do be aware of that. So northbound, not quite as lengthy a delay there, uh, but uh, that is just one big fat red line uh, on the uh, Google satellite. I'm sure Joe's going to complain, but nonetheless, uh, it is a real slowdown. You're not going to complain, Joe? No, I, I'm I'm being passive. You're tired of that. Okay, <laughs> being passive. Okay. He'll be aggressive later. later. All right. And why is that? Well, there are expected to be delays on Route 147 north of Northumberland this week because of the CSVT project, and the new traffic signal there will be operational soon. PennDOT says paving work on Ridge Road will lead to some delays on the Route 147 intersection in Point Township. The department says all of the work will be done during uh, daylight hours and uh, they will lead to long travel delays. Uh, the department says all of the work uh, will involve flagging of motorists through that intersection and there's a huge big long line that stretches halfway to Watson Town on 147 southbound right now. PennDOT says the new traffic signal also is going to begin flashing operation this week and then full operation next week. It's become a big thing around here, the theft of catalytic converters. They contain precious metals and are valuable for scrap metal. It's been happening all over Snyder County, Freeburg, Liverpool, Mifflinburg, Mount Pleasant Mills, Sealands Grove, and other places. The converters are being stolen primarily from larger vehicles, pickup trucks and RVs. And state police say the values is about $3,000 each. If you have any information regarding the thefts, you're urged to contact state police. A long-awaited, well-deserved celebration. We're talking about the proms that were held over the weekend in our region. Shikolami and Sealance Grove held their proms. We didn't get a lot of experiences last year with COVID and everything, so this year with stuff opening back up, it's really nice. We actually went to get our dresses two weeks ago. It was kind of last minute. Well, it's nice to finally have a group event like this. Braden Eister, Avery Rogers, Lindsey Williams commenting. Sealands Grove, Warrior Run, Mifflinburg also had uh, their proms. A uh, number of COVID-19 cases in Pennsylvania is on the decline. Bucknell's outbreak is subsiding, and there were 1,400 more vaccinations lately. That's a summary of the latest numbers from the State Department of Health midday Saturday. Two, are you going to play in this, Joe? Two Valley adult bands are going to have a benefit concert coming up? Uh, I unfortunately have a commitment that oh, day. Okay, so two Valley Adult Bands are joining together without Joe for a benefit concert this month. Chick, uh, the, I'm sorry, not Chick, uh, Sunbury City Band and Sealands Grove Adult Band will have a joint concert May 22nd, 2 p.m., Christ United Methodist Church in Sealands Grove to benefit the American Cancer Society and the Sealands Grove Adult Band director, Ron Renshaw. Uh, he's been diagnosed with a type of lymphoma and is supposedly on the mend, but they'll hold that fundraising concert May 22nd, 2 p.m., Christ United you know, Methodist. Ron's a great guy and he did wonders 
with the Seal and Grove Adult Band, and I'm sure this is going to be a great concert, and I'm sorry I won't be able to participate this year. We'll get out your wallet. I always do. <laughs> okay. And let's see. State police honored their fallen troopers over the weekend. It was on the department's 116th anniversary. State police was the first uniformed police agency of its kind, uh, established in 1905, and they've been stopping Joe on a regular basis for speeding ever since. Ninety-nine names are etched into the memorial wall of the State Police Academy at Hershey Troopers who died in service are honored uh, there. And finally, yet another case of actual voter fraud in Pennsylvania. A Pennsylvania man who illegally voted on behalf of his long-dead mother in last year's presidential election was sentenced Friday to five years probation. Bruce Bartman, age 70, of Marple, Pennsylvania, pleaded guilty Friday to two counts of perjury and one count of unlawful voting. Besides his probationary term, he will not be allowed to vote in any election for the next four years and is no longer eligible to serve on a jury. Bartman apologized for his actions, telling the judge, I was isolated last year in lockdown. I listened too much to propaganda and made a stupid mistake. And Bartman voted in place of his dead mother, authorities said, and also registered his mother-in-law, who died in 2019, to vote but did not obtain an absentee ballot for her. Prosecutors have said Bartman used the driver's license number for his mother, who died more than a decade ago, to register to vote to obtain a mail-in ballot, return that ballot, and fraudulently vote in her name. So this you, you talked about the fact that the, the election was stolen. And I didn't talk about that. Well, you certainly have. Anyway, I didn't. I don't here's think it was proof. stolen. Well, here's proof I that think there, there was were problems fraud. like this. Yeah, there, right. there was fraud. No argument there. And you know who we, all these votes went for? All those illegal I'm votes. Sure, they don't went for you? Joe Biden. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is all of the illegal votes that were cast in Pennsylvania were cast for Donald Trump. Uh, how do you know that? Oh, because they're prosecuting him left and right all over the state. Well, this guy is a Republican? Yes, and he voted on no, behalf. I didn't hear that in the story. Well, it's there. Where? Uh, it's in You're the You're making this up. No, no, it's true. A Pennsylvania man who illegally voted for Donald Trump on behalf of... Does that really say that in yep, the story? Yep, it's there. It's the one with the X beside it. Well, you probably just put that I in did, your type. I did not. <laughs> Why can't you admit the fact that all the voter fraud was a criminal Republicans? Well, I'm, I'm pleased who, to see the debtor... By Bipartisan, you know, there have been so many dead voting in Chicago for so many years for Repub- for Democrats. It's nice to see that some of the dead are coming out for Republican <laughs> candidates. <laughs> well, and, and the funny thing is, in this particular case, his mother was a longtime Republican voter, and if she had just survived until the election, she probably would, would have, have voted, voted for, for President Trump. So that's good. You know, that's as opposed to like outright, blatant, massive fraud, which of course was alleged and wasn't true. Sort of her legacy continues. Continues by her son voting Ex- exa- for. <laughs> That's exactly what he did. He hardly had to lift a finger. All he had to do was fill out the form. That wouldn't happen in my family since my son doesn't share my political views. <laughs> he <laughs> vote the other Joe way. Joe Biden all the way. <laughs> I want a campaign sign on behalf of my dead father. That's what he would say. Yep. All right. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We'll take open calls. Uh, we are talking about election fraud. Yeah, there was another. Well, we were talking about racism. Right. Racism in the Biden. U.S. Well, and that was touched off, sort of revived over the weekend. For First revived on Sunday morning when uh, Tim Scott, the senator, and several other people were talked about it on the Sunday shows. And 
then on Thursday and Friday, respectively, President Biden and Kamala Harris both said we are not a racist country as a whole, anyway. Well, here's an interesting thing. And this same story, which I thought was very thoughtful, and one of our callers earlier I thought was very thoughtful. Was it Mike? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He was very thoughtful call. But here's what's interesting. I mentioned earlier that uh, white people are the ninth most prosperous group in the United States with a median income just shy of $66,000. Now, that's ninth. $66,000. Black Americans rank last with median average income of $41,500. But it's hard to conclude this reveals bigotry when other non-white ethnic groups fare well. In addition, studies from a few years ago show black immigrants earning 30% more than native-born blacks, which suggests skin color is not the only issue. So that's that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting. Um, the well, other, I would think if you were black and you came to the country as a legal immigrant, you'd be willing, interested, lined up, and ready to work. Correct. Well, you may have some skill earn. that that brought you to this country. Oh, that's too. true. Okay, so then you'd be in a maybe in a higher income bracket. That's okay. that's quite possible. That's quite possible. Anyway, Biden made his head spinning comment in an interview with NBC when asked to respond to the declaration by Senator Tim Scott that America is not a racist country. Twice in that interview, the president agreed with the Republican senator from South Carolina. And maybe Biden and Harris are backpedaling because they realize they have overplayed the race card. Polling shows Americans' concern with racism has dropped sharply in recent months. <laughs> so even It's not lucrative for them anymore. Right. <laughs> even as worries about immigration, unemployment, and budget deficits have soared. Yeah, they and other Democrats have put race at the center of every issue. According to the left, systemic racism should drive our policies on education, immigration, climate change, and a host of other issues, including how to handle COVID-19. If you disagree, you are a bigot and will be canceled. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. Who got canceled? The Republicans canceling something else now? No, they're saying the Democrats will cancel you oh, okay. if you don't believe in, in their theory. And, of course, the critical race theory is becoming coming under a lot of fire. One parent uh, famously in New York pulled his kid out of school. Uh, let's see if I can find that story. I thought it was interesting. Um, a father... Well, I know what you're talking about. This was really talked about over the weekend and then with a lot of response. Yeah, father in one of New York's most prestigious private schools publicly denounced its obsession with race and bashed the administration for kowtowing to an anti-intellectual illiberal mob, sparking a firestorm but also speaking for many parents. A recent poll from Harvard's Kennedy School Institute of Politics may shed some light on Biden and Harris' surprising about face. It shows 46% of young Americans feel included in Biden. America, including 61% of blacks and 51% of Hispanics. However, only 39% of whites felt that Biden's America was hospitable to them. Well, nobody's going to teach race the way a parent wants it to be done. I can tell you that right now, because you have this in the local schools where parents say their their kid isn't learning enough about various races in a, in a, in a more authentic way. And then you get another parent who says, well, they had a Martin Luther King uh, individual portray MLK in class, and this was a white person portraying what, that, what needs and that to be that taught. was wrong. So you, you just, de- depending upon your views, you may have a great way to teach your grandson about race, but I'll bet your son has a different view. What needs to be taught is the struggle of the civil rights movement. 
starting, you know, starting with construction or reconstruction during the Civil War and how, you know, once the, the blacks were given equal, they had a Freedmen's Bureau, and, of course, that didn't work out too well. I mean, the South immediately, and the Democrats in the South, and they were the ones in charge at the time, immediately started trying to undermine it. Then all the way up through uh, the 1964 Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act, and then Dr. King and his fight uh, and, and the other civil rights leaders' fights for equality. I think if you teach how race evolved in this country, that it started out as slaves, which was terrible and wrong, and you know we now know it's reprehensible, and how the blacks have progressed over those years to where they are now. Mm-hmm. Yes, there still needs to be some work done, but you know what we need to teach is the history of it. And we don't teach history. I'm sorry. We just don't teach history as much as we should anymore. Right. And I think, well, first of all, the 1619 Project did exactly what you just described, and Republicans went apoplectic but, but about that's it. Not, but that's, their focus was on the fact that we were, were horrible people. No, no. No, <laughs> no. It was actual history. We were actually horrible to blacks then. It's, it's actual truth, and it continued up until the 60s, which is what this uh, project talked about, and it did so from, it, it was history historical fact. But if you put it in perspective, some some slave masters were terrible human beings and horrible people. Others treated their slaves with compassion and and, uh, humanity and freed them when they died. So, I mean, it's not just black and white, Mark. It's nuanced. Well, and you cannot talk about racism if you're not going to include a current events chapter as part of it. You can talk about all the history you want, and if you can do so objectively, good for you, but uh, you have to include current events as well. All right, 1-800. anybody arguing with that? 1-800. 795-9565. Yeah, parents don't agree with how it's done. 1-800-795-9565. we got a caller waiting. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. If you wish to weigh in on our important topic, the legacy of racism, it's ongoing anchor on any individual in the U.S. So let us know if you think that's true. 1-800-795-9565. But what's the state of current race in America? Chris, you're on the mark. Thanks for weighing in on this uh, big conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Joe made a mistake the other day when he talked about the number of Republicans, or he made an ambiguous remark that can be that is wrong if you take the way he said it. That there were more Republicans who voted for the Civil Rights Acts of '64 and '65 than Democrats. You got him percentage-wise. Yes, which you just said more. You didn't say specifically which what way more. Well, there were more Democrats than there were Republicans, so I guess you'd yes. have to take it that way. 
<laughs> well, yeah, in order to make your what you say true, that's right. what I'm pointing out. That's all. Okay. And and you got me, Chris. Case, you got me, boy. That, you you nailed me so thoroughly. I guess I'll never recover. Zing. Okay. Can you recover by just being silent for a minute? <laughs> sure. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, that changed by 1968 when that was the first civil rights bill that more Democrats voted for than Republican by percentage. Okay. And it changed, so it changed pretty fast. And uh, President Ford in Michigan was, uh, or before he was president, he was already trying to weaken the 65 bill, voting rights bill. And the Goldwater was against all the Civil Rights Acts, who was the party nominee in 64. And as far as America being a racist country, well, it's not, it's not something uh, that's politically uh, attractive, perhaps, for the president to be saying it's a racist country. And so that way, in having the discussion center on that is, uh, is a plus for the Republicans if you're just taking that particular question. And the Republicans probably asked themselves, we want to say that America is not a racist country. Hmm. Who do you think we should choose to make the speech? <laughs> oh, that wasn't racist choice, though. <laughs> right. So when the Democrats pick a woman to give the keynote address, they're just, uh, that's fine. But if a Republican, a black Republican does it, though, that must have been a racial well, you're decision. you're positioning yourself. Your goal is to accomplish something with the speech, not just re right. re re you know, rebut but whatever the other person says. if you want to be able says. to credibly say in, uh, with a sort of shield in front of it to uh, uh, make a statement that... Uh, America is not a racist country. So you think, you think the poor black puppet out there, he just wrote what Massa told him, to, uh, said what Massa told him to say? Which is racist. I think that speech was pretty much, yes, uh, the Republican, he, he, the people who deal with Scott in the Senate, says he doesn't talk that way to them. The Democrats have a very good relationship with Scott. He didn't blast the Democrats. But they say he doesn't talk that way to them. Yeah, he's one of the compromisers in chief, I hear. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's, I have nothing against him. I said, I even said I thought it was a good speech, if you remember. I do recall that. And, uh, well, until he went to the last two-thirds, where he, he, he did repeat a bunch of lies from the Republicans. <laughs> but it was and a good speech. It was a good speech. He the big lie of the stolen election that we have to have all the security on. Because, the be, so, because there's so many people distrust the system now. What you're saying, if I got you straight here, you're saying the black man just said what he was told to say by the white man and that he repeated a lot of lies. Is I that think it? That's but he had, a good, he had a good speech. Well, he had a good yeah, speech. But, you know, it was I, a good speech, though. Most politicians do that anyway, so <laughs> no, I, I'm not saying that because he's a black man. Just because he's a Republican man. <laughs> oh, I got you. <laughs> no, just because he's a politician, partly. Right. But partly because... Uh, he, he did push the the the, the election things, saying that the, those changes weren't uh, they aren't particularly racist, except that they try to affect the areas where more Democrats turn out than Republicans. 
Okay. And uh, they're they're even willing to have some of the, make it hard for some of the Republicans to vote to vote in order to get more that are Democrats not to vote, which speaks hmm. to the Republican Party. But then uh, in '68, and America is most definitely a racist country, I would say, because what slavery was a system that was 99.9 percent about race. If you're uh, 10% black, you're black. If you're 10% white, you're not white. How does that work? Mm-hmm. That's those were, racism. Those were racial laws in the South, and, and I think you have your percentage off. That's how the system works. Well, the president disagrees with you. Oh, the president, I, the president has to claim that America's not racist, and in a lot of ways it isn't. It's just to say it's racist doesn't mean... Every, everybody's racist in it or that everybody but he's racist in it or uh, all systems in it are racist that's not true but look at the history well then the generalization that it's a racist country can't be sustained if you're right you have slavery for the first hundred years you had Jim Crow for another hundred years or at least 90 and as soon as uh, special rights were taken away by a dumb Supreme Court decision for uh, how election laws could be changed, uh, they were right there, ready to make all the changes as soon as they could. But now it's more about votes and inner city. You know, like, Trump was always going on about the inner cities cheating him. Well, who do you think he was talking about? He was talking all about Demo- Democratic administration, and they're all run by what political party? Isn't so it possibly was talking well, well, I don't know, understand. Uh, well, you're saying it's race. Trump said. You're saying it's race. Uh, isn't it? Couldn't it be about politics instead? Oh, everything's about politics. <laughs> no, everything's about <laughs> race these days. All right, we got a, we got another caller waiting. Chris, we'll let you wrap up. Oh, let him wait. Who cares? <laughs> well, they might, I guess. Right, he so might. Th- thank you, sir. Nice, really Chris. appreciate Take care. Bob, do you care if you would have had to wait longer while we made more important points with Chris? No, I think he made his point uh, pretty well. I think, it's a, of course, it's a wrong point. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris is good at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there was uh, talk about racism. There was an article in the paper the other day. It said that... Uh, uh, the government set aside something like $5 billion for farmers' relief uh, for COVID. And that, that applied that applied if you were Asian-American, African-American, American Indian, or Hispanic. But happen, if you happen to be white, it doesn't apply to you. You don't qualify. Now, that's from, that's from this administration. And if that isn't racist, what is racist? What you know, is- the problem is, the problem is, they keep this this Democratic Party keeps pushing this narrative that this is you know we're we're, we're different races in a, in one country but we have to we have seen that we're different races we're not different races we're one race people they have to talk that we are this we are all Americans we are not this type of American and that sure you can have your your ethnic ethnicity and, and like that you're this or you're that that's fine. 
but that's racist. If you don't want to, you know? if you don't, if you're, let's see, that's almost a form that that farming program. That's almost a form of a, uh, affirmative action. But if you oppose affirmative action, then you're racist. So you are racist because you don't want the racist program to continue that benefits blacks more than whites. So the next thing you know, somebody's going to say, "Okay, well, Bob from Danville, you are racist because you don't like affirmative action." Uh, or you so don't you want reparations. No white, you think there were no white farmers that have that had issues with COVID that lost money because of that because they're white that makes them different. Well, I think uh, obviously well, what was yeah I think what was added in there was the legacy of discriminatory farming practices against blacks over the centuries that had nothing to do with COVID. So that's so in other words, okay, if a black listen, farmer's listen. crop fails, that must be racism. If a white farmer's no, crop no, fails, no, no, it had nothing, it had absolutely listen, nothing to do with any current live, event related to COVID. Past. It was all related we to the, we can't live in the past. Right, the it was past is past. And if you want to talk about, you know, slavery, Ooh. what country, what what continent did not have slavery at one time? Well, we don't... You know, people believe in evolution. They believe in evolution. We should be evolving beyond that. You know, we if you keep talking about it, if they keep talking about it, it keeps happening. They've got to talk about other things that are more important, like the family. Like if you're bringing children into this world, you better be able to provide for them and not just have children and then, and then get on welfare. And that's not racist. That's 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 fact. It's right. all about the family. You know, I'm, I'm an easygoing guy, but this this really gets me really upset <laughs> because they're talking about the wrong things, and they keep bringing it up and bringing it up and bringing it up. It's not about we're not racist. Sure, there's racist in this kind. There's racist in the whole world, but this is not a racist country. This country has given opportunities to everybody. You get an education, you get a job, you raise a family. You can you your sights are as high as you want to set them. All right. In yeah. most countries, that's not the case. And that's why people are come beating down the door, coming here illegally. They think they've got a better chance here than in the country where they came from. Right. There's better. But that, I don't doubt that they'd be coming here if they thought we were racist and we're going to. Of course. Yeah, but have the borders open. Don't don't check them for COVID. Don't check them for for being a a, a crook or a criminal or or a uh, a drug trafficker or anything else just let them come in and, and flood the border so they can't they can't check them all what what kind of craziness is this right and give them a copy That's of Kamala craziness. Harris's book too so that they have yeah, that yeah yeah Kamala Harris yes yeah, right. a good one thank you so much bob hey, thanks bob and yeah. uh, call anytime yeah. Appreciate it. Yep. Right. <laughs> All right. Bye. The whole world, though, he made a good point that we shouldn't be living in the past. But the whole world is set up based on everything that's happened in the past, well, and that everything that happens today is based on what happened in the past. Everything I'm is. I disagree is, with him on that. We need to live up. in the past. We need to understand the past. We need to teach the past so that we don't make the same mistakes going forward. Although I notice when you get hauled into court for your speeding tickets, you say, "Look, that has happened in the past. This is current events. Let's just focus on now." I haven't had a speeding ticket in something like twenty. Years. Good for you. All right. Did you fight your way out of it? Did you have to pay it? Well, the, the last time I got out of it. Good for you. Okay. <laughs> See, that's the thing if you have an attorney. All right. We invite you to visit the Quick Lane. Why would you do that on the North 4th Street Shopping Plaza in Sunbury? Well, the Quick Lane is operated by the Sunbury Motor Company. It means if you have a Ford, a Chevy, a Dodge, a Ram, a Jeep, a Renault, or a Hyundai, or a Kia, or any vehicle at all whatsoever, it has four tires or How about two a tires. A Hubmobile. A Hubmobile. Well, if you 
got a Hupmobile. I bet they got some smart mechanics that would remember uh, how to fix that because when did they stop making them about 30 years ago? Well, no, personally, I drive a Stanley Steamer. Do you? <laughs> no argument there. Well, they could fix that because that's the Sunbury Motor Company quick lane. They can fix anything. And if they can't, they have the books that will help them and the online uh, resources that will help them fix anything at all whatsoever at the quick lane. Bottom line is uh, you may think, well, gee, I didn't buy my car there. I don't have a Ford, Hyundai, or Kia, or Lincoln. But it doesn't matter. If you have any one of those other nameplates on your vehicle, uh, they can fix it at the quick lane. They can paint it at the paint shop. They can align it at the alignment shop. They can sell parts for it at the parts shop. And uh, maybe even better yet, they can get you out of it once and for all with a Ford, Hyundai, or Kia. They'll get you out of that uh, lesser nameplate. So I should trade in my Stanley Steamer. You think it's had run its course? I don't know that they'll give you the kind of value that that thing's probably worth. It still works, right? Well, if I get enough fire going in it. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I would hold on to that. I'm not sure that they that they would have a need for that. But you just never know, and, and, and what Tom Merch does is nothing that I could predict. So, therefore, they think big at the Sunbury Motor Company. They want to take big care of you at the Quick Lane, Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m., Saturday, 6.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. Do as I've done. Start the process of visiting the Quick Lane at sunburymotors.com. Welcome back. I'm shocked, appalled. I've been proven wrong. I have I've never been more in error in my whole life. Oh, well, I wouldn't say that. I predicted Buzz wouldn't wait through the break, and guess what? <laughs> Good thing I'm driving, or I'd have fallen asleep. Oh, that's the key. He's at right. the wheel. See, your attention span is only about 17 seconds, but if you're driving, of course, you have your mind on the road, so you had to stay. Okay, sir, you're on the mark. I was just, think- I was just thinking about back in school and wish I knew why I always loved history so much, especially American history. I don't know why that always was, but as far as back as I can remember, clear up to the end of high school, I think senior year in Lewisburg, we had a class called Problems of Democracy, which was just excellent. We had an excellent teacher. I don't know if it's because I had great teachers or if it was instilled in me, and I, I wish I knew what that was because I think the biggest problem, personally, uh, from a limited education person's point of view is that we don't, young people do not study or are interested or pursue history. I, I'll relate a story to you that I uh, might have shared before, so forgive me, but a few years back, David McCullough came to speak at Bucknell, and uh, he was talking about the importance of history, and he, he told the story about uh, a few weeks before he had come to Bucknell to speak. He had been at another school, he didn't say which that he had the opportunity to speak with the people who were taking a bachelor's degree in American history uh, after his show before he moved on. So he met in this room with some students who were graduating with degrees in American history, about 20 of them. And he said, okay, well, this is great. I'm really glad to see you folks here. Let's talk about uh, the Marshall Plan after World War II. Not one of those kids knew what the Marshall Plan was. Well, that's surprising. <laughs> I, and that's why he didn't say the name of the school, I guess. But I guess so. <laughs> it just goes to show you that even if we do have people that are interested in history, for some reason, they're not getting it. But isn't it what it's what they're taught, Buzz? Maybe that's not their fault. Maybe that's the fault of the curriculum in that school. Right. Well, 
I mean, how could you study American history and not know what the Marshall Plan was at a college graduate level? But I, I'm just relating that story yeah. because the importance of history is 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 cannot be understated. It's I not. couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't I agree with you more. What? You're agreeing with me? Well, what? I was I was a history major in college. Now he is hanging up. <laughs> How are you? Oh, that's great. American history or just American, and I still have. If you came to my library, saw my library, it's filled with American history books. But yet he knows nothing about race. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> on Saturday night in Seals. There you yeah. go. <laughs> well, and Mark can't read a book. He has to have somebody read it for <laughs> that him. That's very true. All right, <laughs> touche. He's going to insult me. Thank Thanks, you, Buzz. Buzz. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> I read a book recently. No, I guess I haven't recently. <laughs> in the past couple of years, I did. Oh, yeah, I, I read a book from a Geisinger Doc about addiction. Recently, oh, okay. but that was in the that past was two three or pages three years. and had a lot of pictures. No, it was, two, well, it, was, it was like three hundred pages, ridiculously long. But uh, yeah, that was about three years ago. Mike, you're on the mark. <clears throat> yeah, hey, uh, I wanted to talk about racism, but uh, before I do that, I want to tell you. Over in the past, I said I'm not. I haven't been watching the news, and actually, yesterday was the first time that I heard that the best video of the shooting of Ashley Babbitt in the Capitol building as she was crawling through the window was taken by an Antifa leader. Uh, I mean, that is insane. What the heck was Antifa doing in the Capitol building? I thought Antifa was an idea, not a group. <laughs> That's well, what the it, left's always saying. Their dogma oozed into that building, that is for sure. <laughs> now, as, as far as racism is concerned, Again, I only know what I know with my own two eyes and my own experiences. And do racists exist on both sides of the uh, argument here? Uh, Democrats, Republicans, yes. Blacks, white, yes. Every race, everybody. There's racists everywhere. It, it's a symptom that's not going to go away. But instead of driving the narrative about we're a systemic racist country, why don't we talk about the success, the successes that we have. I mean, it was recently, I was in a neighborhood uh, down south of all places in Texas where the cheapest house was probably $400,000. And when I looked around uh, at the people working in the yards and, and picnicking and what have you, I was in the absolute minority. Now, if racism is such a problem, why, why is that happening in this country? Are they the homeowners or hired help? No, no, no. They, some of them were getting in their cars to drive to work, you know, with suits and what have you. And other ones were, uh, were picnicking with their children, uh, playing with their children, whatever you want. Yeah, no, listen, this is a pretty much, I want to say, not like it used to be. This used to be really white around here, but it's not anymore. It's even changing here. The whole country is changing. And to me, what's happening right now is this American country is committing infanticide on itself. We're going absolutely crazy. We don't have our eyes on the ball. We don't have our eyes on the fact that we're spending money and printing money like it's going out of style without any regard for what that's going to do for inflation, the cost of uh, things that we need every day just to live, what it's gonna do to people's savings. And, and we're just, to me, we're just going crazy. You know, 200,000 people a day crossing, or I'm sorry, 200,000 people a month 
crossing the border illegally into the United States. And just uh, one of your previous news is uh, I was listening while working out. I heard the, 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 the head of something with this government saying how great Biden's doing. He's lowered the number of people in detention centers down there at the border. You know, well, you know what? They were down there last week. And for a center that was supposed to have 250 people, I think they said there was 2,000 or more. And the reason it's being lowered is because they're shipping them all over the country. States like California are getting tens of millions of dollars to house them in uh, four facilities each. And now they have another facility coming online. So the idea that Biden is doing something about the border is just a fallacy. And to me, it's because the Democrats want to flood the country with brown people. Now, that's not a racist statement. I don't care where they come from, as long as they come illegally and, and immigration is done in a fair manner. But it's not. They're allowing people to come across this border. Now, Biden is sending adults back, some of them, but they're celebrating the program where they're going to let parents come in and reunite with their children. But the reality is, this is my reality, what I see with my eyes. The Democrats are using these children as pawns. And the American people are standing by watching that. We're watching this be called racist. We're watching the uh, money being printed like it's going out of style. And uh, to me, I, I think we're heading for really bad times. I don't think that we're using the children as pawns. If we are, it's failing miserably. It's a catastrophe by every measure. It's so abysmal that President Biden wouldn't even mention it in his address to the joint session of Congress. He has an actual crisis underway in the U.S. that he certainly contributed to, if not outright created, and he didn't even mention it at all whatsoever. So uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think they are being used. I think they're being ignored because it's a huge issue. They might be used later in somehow well, some manner. they're being used. I'm not saying the president's using them, but they are certainly being used by the gangs, by the coyotes, the people who are trying to make money. Right, but and the not, fact that not President Biden's, Democrats in general. Well, I mean, if, if you're down somewhere and you want to get into this country illegally, and this is to, to uh, Mike's point, you know, and you know that I'm not going to get in. They're going to send me back. But if I send my kid up there, they're going to let me in to be with my kid. So what are you going to do? You're going to send your kid. Yeah, usually they, they deport both of you. So that's the way that's going. No, they don't. Yes, they do. Mike, we'll let you wrap up. Go right ahead. Right. Okay. The Democrats are in complete control right now. And you said that that border is a negative for Biden. And, and the reason you said was because he didn't mention it. Well, are they paying any price? Right now, do you think the Democrats are actually paying any price for what's going on down there? Because if you say they are, then they should be doing something to stop it. Yeah, I would not say they're being charged for that right now. I think he's being charged more for willy-nilly spending, you know, $6 trillion. I think that's weighing more on him than uh, the border crisis. If it weren't for the news mentioning the border crisis, you'd never know it was happening from the Biden administration. I don't think it is a, a weight around their so shoulders. I think they just want to just let it go. You know, and the less we talk about it, the maybe the less we'll talk about it kind of thing.
All right, thank so you, Mike. Think, if we, I agree with you 100 percent on that. All right, hey, so you, you guys take care. Good talking right, to you. So you. you think if we ignore it, it'll just go away? No, no. I I think if we don't bring it up, you know, like if it were a hurricane, you know, the president would be down there. He'd be helping to hand out. Well, he and food Kamala and, have been conspicuous by their absence at the border. Exactly. Neither one of them have so gone there. It's the only crisis catastrophe that is actually attributed oh, to no, them. No, no, it's not not a not a not a crisis. Right, it's a situation. Right, so it's not even a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not even a dilemma. dilemma. All right, we'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the marker. Read this one right there. Okay, which party does David Duke, Klansman, now work with? Right, right, right. It's, if you think Democrats created racism in the U.S., ask yourself this question. Which party does David Duke and Klansmen now work with? All right, right the Democrats. Now you can finish. Which recent, no, president, which recent president did proud white supremacists support? What name was on their flags? That should give you some hints about which party should and could be most effective about affecting major change on the issue. Get to work, Joe. And that's so another from opinion Chris. from our friend Chris. Listen. What's wrong with... Here we go. Well, seriously, I I don't have any problem with black support groups. Do you? You know, things like Black Lives Matter. I don't have a problem with them and what what they say they stand for, which is to advance black people, the NAACP. But, you know, all of a sudden, if there's a white group like Proud Boys or We're Proud to be White, they're racist. They're not the same thing. (laughs) They're racist. Oh, my gosh. They are racist. That's their whole purpose. The Proud Boys and Oath Keepers. That's a bad example, but they're they're all racist. What is it, the... uh, 1813 group or something like that? Well, I don't doubt that there are some racists in these groups, but I think they're probably racist <laughs> no, in no, the no, other no. groups, too. That's their mission. <laughs> but that's their thing, all right? So that's America. Well, that's not their you whole can thing. Join... That's not their whole thing. What do you think their whole thing is? Uh, what, what, the as, Oath Keepers, as, what do you think their whole Chris thing is? As Chris said to me, get to work, Mark. Okay. The Proud Boys, what do you think their whole thing is? Oh, racism. <laughs> That's part of it. All right, anyway. Bob, you're on the mark. Thank you so much for waiting through that little exchange. Well, good morning. Um, <laughs> Here we go. Now Mark's going to get it. <laughs> just to start off, tell me what tell me what the Black Lives Matters have actually done for blacks. But then to move on to my other point. Uh, for one time, Chris... Chris was correct in his uh, statements uh, when he said that uh, slavery was 100 years and Jim Crow was 100 years. And the result of why that happened was directly because of the Democratic Party. From day one, the Democratic Party was actually actually uh, developed to continue slavery 
right from the get-go, right from the right from the from the signing of the Declaration of Independence. That was their whole thing, as we have defined today. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. We've talked about that. And then after that. the after the Civil War, the Jim Crow, the, the Democrats continued on as as good as they could. The, the KKK was was uh, Democrats. Margaret Sanger developed Planned Parenthood to get rid of blacks. Basically, that, that was a that was a move to to just eliminate blacks from the from the United States. Well, that wasn't the whole now, purpose of Planned Parenthood. That was one of her ideals, but that wasn't the well, whole purpose. Well, she's the one that developed it. <laughs> right, no argument there. Right, no argument there. She was a blatant racist. There's no argument there, but that wasn't the reason that she started Planned Parenthood. Well, actually it was. Actually it wasn't. <laughs> she you started tell me it. Why it wasn't. She started it to help all families and she had a real stick in her craw against black families well, and not she all definitely, families. She didn't want to help black families. Right, but that wasn't the mission of it in in the original well, mission uh, anyway. The yes it was actually and and the offspring offshoot of the side on it was she wanted to get rid of poor people too. Okay. All right, we'll stipulate so, that so we can move on. <laughs> And now then, in the 1960s, the Democratic Party discovered that, that they could do better, they could do better if they uh, basically made fake rules to help the blacks. Uh, uh, Johnson's, Johnson's statement after he passed this, uh, this bill was, uh, we'll have them in <laughs> voting bill. Democratic for the next 200 years. This now, bill. Joe, I the know Civil two, Rights Act, you mean? Two or three months ago, you said that was false, but that's not false. You read up on it. Uh, Snopes said it was false, but if you read their whole article, they they say they they don't account, they don't they don't accredit the people that actually heard it. They accredited some of the politicians that were with Johnson at the time he made the statement. Right, they it gets discredit, a it gets a half Pinocchio. The they discredit the people that were that were with him that weren't politicians. Right. It gets so a half Pinocchio. He actually said it. I, I don't remember having an opinion on that, to be honest with you. But if you say well, I said it, I well, guess I did. I, I, I remember some of your statements. And okay. Most of the time you're right, but occasionally you're not. we got 30 seconds left, Bob. you got to summarize fast. I don't have any more to say. Oh, you said it all. Well, great. We well, thank you so much. We more seconds to go. Now what are we going to do? <laughs> well, thank you so much for calling in Thanks, with uh, the actual versions of history. We appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Busy day. Oh, we'll have to gone. do this again tomorrow. Call back tomorrow, and uh, we'll t- oh, David Rowe, state representative, right. 85th District, Republican, going to be in here first thing in the morning for a couple of 10, 20 minutes. Okay, look forward to well, it. on the phone anyway. So that's tomorrow, and then we'll enjoy open phones. I thought maybe tomorrow we'd talk about race. You're <laughs> the Kentucky Derby. This is WKOK Sunbury, Sealands Group.